Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. Numbers, fire by night. Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he is salvation's choice. Judges, lawgiver, in Ruth, the kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. Ezra, a true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, wisdom's cry. Ecclesiastes, the time and season. In the Song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. He is, he is, he is. In Isaiah, he's Prince of Peace, Jeremiah.
Good evening. Well, you're a little better than the crowd last night. I said, good evening. It's good to see you tonight. Would you stand with me just for a moment? Boy, didn't the kids from Rock Island Drama, the, the drama team, do good tonight, pronouncing that he is. He is. You know, it was Moses who looked to God and said, when I, when I go and I find the children of Israel and I tell them why you've sent me, who should I tell them has sent me? And God looked at him and said, you just tell them that I am sent you. I am all things, anything that you will ever need in all of this life. You know that trust and that confidence means he is. He is everything that you and I need. How many of you know him tonight as your Savior, your Lord? You've adopted him into your heart and life as Savior, and boy, you have that peace and confidence tonight. We want to go before the Lord in prayer. Last night, 25 people came to the Lord Jesus Christ from our performance. Praise God. We give him all the praise, so you're in for it. Hold on to your hat and get ready tonight. It's a flashback. It's, it starts off, and it's so beautiful, the stories that are interwoven as several folks that you'll recognize right off the bat start telling the story as they remember it. And it is so beautiful. And by the time you get to the end, I'm telling you, I want to run up on stage with my own story. How many of you have a story of where he found you and he set you free, and changed your life? Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we begin tonight, readying our hearts for the message of Easter. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we thank you. We remember what you did for us at Calvary. I pray that you will touch us tonight as we Lord, with our feeble efforts, try to look back. I pray that you will touch the, the cast and the singers, and that all of it, Lord, will be much, much more than just a presentation. We pray for your anointing and your spirit to be here to touch the hearts and to challenge the hearts, to speak to the people who are here tonight who need you. That's the purpose for this whole evening. We thank you for the resurrection that we celebrate this weekend. 
We pray that you'll be with every family and every heart as, Lord, all around the earth, we look to the heavens with thankfulness in our heart for the salvation that's come to us. We give you the honor for it all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed and said amen. Amen. Now would you do something? Would you just turn, find somebody standing around you, two or three folks. Introduce yourself if you have to, but let them know they're in the right place tonight and fellowship a little bit. Hi, Gary. How are you? Did you ask him to squeeze in? Okay. Okay. All right. I have to tell you what I told the crowd last night. I didn't say make plans for dinner. I just said to say hello. The ushers have sent two messages telling me to ask you to please, if there is any room on your end, if you would scoot in a little bit so that they'll have a little, if you leave the edges a little, uh, a little free, that way people can slip in after the program is started, and that'll give them a place to sit when they come in. Our ushers are coming to serve you. We want to give you the opportunity at the beginning of our program to worship the Lord with your gifts, with your giving. They're, this presentation is absolutely free of charge. We just want to give you the opportunity to worship the Lord with your gifts tonight. So as you feel led to do that, and if you have to share, it'll help put this all together and, and continue the work that we do together as a church. Father, we ask your blessings on our offering. We pray that you will bless tonight every heart and every life, those who are able to give, and Lord, those who are not. In Jesus' name, amen.
brothers, but Judas he could not take the guilt from his betrayal, and he hung himself outside the city gates. How could Judas betray Jesus like that? I'm no better. I failed Jesus too. And now I can't ask for his forgiveness because he's dead. I should have been there defending him, but no, I, I turned and I ran. I ran like some kind of coward. I should have been there defending him. But I ran. I denied that I even knew him. We all should have been there with Jesus, Peter. He told us that when the shepherd is struck, that the sheep of the flock will be scattered. We scattered. But you, you were with him to the very end, John. I ran too, but I couldn't bear to leave him after the trial. They beat him so badly. He was so bloody. He was beyond recognition. I couldn't recognize him. And as he struggled to breathe on the cross, as he struggled for breath, he, he asked God to forgive those who put him there. I couldn't help but think that it was my own sin that drove him to the cross. So Peter, don't be so upset. Jesus said that when you failed, you would repent and you would return to strengthen your brothers. We need you here and now. We need your leadership. I don't know about you, but I want to remember Jesus alive. Tell him those wonderful stories. One of my favorites is the one of the prodigal son and the mercy of the loving father. Let me share a story. A man had two sons. The younger son, he told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed and divided his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son, he packed up all of his belongings and he moved to a far away and distant land. There, he wasted all of his money in wild living. You see, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the farmer he sent him out into the field to feed the pigs. The young man, 
he became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs, they looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants, they have food enough to spare. And yet here I am, dying of hunger. He continues on saying to himself, for I will go home to my father's house and I will say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So the man, he returned home. Now as he approached his father's land, while he was still a long way off, the father, his father, saw him coming. No sooner did the father's eyes begin to swell with tears than those tears began to stream down his face as he was filled with such love, with such compassion towards his son. So he ran to his son. He embraced him. And he kissed him. His son said to him, Father, please forgive me, for I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, his father, called to the servants, saying, Quickly, bring me the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Bring a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening, for we must celebrate with a feast. For you see, this son of mine, he was dead. But now he has been brought back to life. He was lost, Peter. But now he is found. mercy of Jesus. I love hearing the stories about his mercy. He's shown me mercy so many times, even though I continue to mess up.
please. May I have a drink? But you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have anything to draw with, and this well is very deep. How would you get this living water? You see, those who drink of this water, they will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give, oh, they will never be thirsty again. For it becomes as a fresh and bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Well, please, sir, give me some of this water, and I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go now and get your husband. I don't have a husband. But you are right. You do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you are currently not married to the man you are living with now. You have certainly spoke the truth. How could you possibly know this? You must be a prophet. But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now, where true worshipers, they must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, he is looking to those who will worship him in that way. For you see, God is spirit. God is truth. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Woman, I am the Messiah. This is incredible. I have to go tell everyone.
to the village, I told everyone, come and see this man who, he told me everything I had ever done. Could he be the Messiah? And every time I told someone, this feeling inside of me just grew stronger. And for the first time in my life, I was satisfied. You know, many went to see him that day, and they believed but not because of what I told them. It was because they heard him for themselves. Now I understand. It was him. He was the living water. Jesus must have been on a similar mission the day I met him. He not only loved and forgave, but he healed our bodies. I was sick. I hadn't been able to walk for 38 years. I had given up hope that I would ever be well again. Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the angel troubles the waters. Someone always gets in ahead of me, and they get healed. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. said, take up your bed and walk. Who? Who would have said such a thing? What's his name? I don't know who he was.
Later that day, I went to the temple. I recognized the man who healed me. They told me it was Jesus. I pointed him out to the Pharisees. Then I heard them plotting how they were going to stop him from influencing the people. I didn't know they were going to try to stop him from doing good works. He did more than heal me. He gave me new life. I had to take courage to accept that new life when he offered it to me. I'm so glad I did. I was convinced that I needed a new life. I had heard that Jesus was in the house of Simon the Pharisee. Jesus, the one who offers forgiveness and condemns no one, who loves all people, no matter what they have done. Feeling so ashamed and unworthy, I knew that I needed to reach him. I wanted to know this mercy. So I clutched to me the only thing I had of any value. It was an alabaster box filled with expensive perfume. a prisoner 
How courageous you were to burst into a room full of those who only condemned you. I, too, had similar opposition when the crowd tried to silence me as I cried out to Jesus to heal me from blindness. All I had to do was ask and believe in him. And my sight came. Ever since then, I followed him. And I haven't stopped telling everyone what he did for me.
can see. I can see.
Did you see the way the crowd was chanting Hosanna as Jesus came into town? I can't understand it. They were worshiping him as if he were a king. Something must be done to stop this. What? He has blasphemed against God, mm -hmm. professing himself to be God. I have an idea. It's time we put our plan into action. Come here. Caiaphas, this is Judas, one of Jesus' followers. Can you help us? We only wish to bring Jesus to justice. Can you tell us where he will be? Well, what is it worth to you? Here is 30 pieces of silver. Can you tell us where he will be soon? I will take guards with me, and the man I greet with a kiss is the Jesus that you see. Excellent. We must go to Pilate. Only he can put Jesus to death. It is the only way to stop his increasing popularity. I hope this Judas delivers Jesus soon. We must take care of this before the Passover celebration. Absolutely. hearing all these stories about how Jesus changed our lives. Some he healed and some he forgave. He just gave us all so much hope. It was just a few, few days ago that some of us and some of the closest disciples, we, we gathered together in a room just like this. It was a wonderful night of, of fellowship, fellowship with Jesus. We didn't know it would be one of our last. I think it would be fitting that, that we do what we did that night. That we partake in communion, which symbolizes the sacrifice of Jesus. As I take this bread, as I take this bread, it represents the body of Jesus. How was broken for us. Take, take a piece. Take a piece of the bread. As you take a piece of the bread, it represents Jesus' body that was broken on the cross and that took punishment for our sins. Take, eat the bread. When we had ate the bread, we took the cup, filled it. The wine in the cup 
represents the blood of Jesus. What he shed on the cross for us. That we could be connected back to God and have relationship with him once again. Salvation. Take, drink. finished. It was a solemn moment. Jesus began to to teach us about the future. He said he would be going to his father very soon, but that we should wait because he was going to come for us. My heart is overcome with sadness to think that Jesus would leave us. He told us that that same grief and sadness will be turned into wonderful joy when we saw him again. If there's anything that I know about Jesus, it's that if he says something, it happens. Jesus said that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. And I've got, I might grieve now, but I have this hope that this, this is not the end. That's right, John. This is not the end. And Jesus Jesus told us these things to help us, to provide for us. Yes, we will have troubles. We will have trials. But we should take heart. We should have courage because Jesus overcame this world. So what happened after the Passover meal you shared? And how was Jesus arrested? Well, after the Passover meal, Jesus went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was quiet. And there was an eerie feeling that night as though, as though something was about to happen. We were supposed to be on guard. But I couldn't stay awake. I could hear Jesus crying out to the Father. Like I'd never heard him do before. Give myself away, Father. Say 
Warning to let him go. Why did you sentence him to death? I did get your message. But what was I to do? I'm the governor of Judea. Caesar has appointed me to keep peace in this land. And I won't have Caesar think that I don't know how to do my job. I feel unsettled about this choice. You have no idea the pressure I was under. I thought he was innocent until the religious leaders tried to convince me otherwise. They tried to pressure me into making a quick decision. They told me that if I didn't sentence Jesus to, to death, that they would tell Caesar I, I wasn't his friend. I needed to find out for myself if Jesus was innocent. So I had him taken into my private chambers. And I asked him a question. I said, are you a king? His answer astonished me. He said that his kingdom was not of this world. <laughs> so I thought I could frighten him because he wouldn't answer any more of my questions. And I said, I have the power to either set you free 
or sentence you to death. <laughs> he told me that I, the governor of Rome, didn't have such power. That only that power came from, from above. <laughs> now you know that I have no love for these Jews, nor their foolish customs. But still yet, this Jesus, well, there was something genuine about him. So the only choice you had was justice or appease the Jewish leaders? I wanted to choose justice, and that's when I remembered their foolish custom about the Passover. I was obliged to release to them one prisoner during the Passover, and they could either choose between Jesus or Barabbas. Barabbas, the thief, the very one causing riots in our streets. I was wrong. The religious leaders, they, they convinced the crowd to cry out, Release Barabbas! Release Barabbas! I told them that I was going to have Jesus released, or what should I have done with him? They started crying, Crucify Jesus! Crucify him! I insisted that I release Jesus and forgive all the things that he brought against him. The city about erupted in riot. So I had one last thought. I called for my Roman soldiers. I had them take him and flog Jesus. They beat him 39 times. They took a crown of thorns and pushed it down on his head. They took a scarlet robe and laid it across his shoulders. Then they brought Jesus back before the crowd. Even though his body was trembling, and the blood was dripping from his body, it still couldn't appease the crowd. So what else could I do? I had to sentence Jesus to death. I feel unsettled. It's as if there is more to this than just a man dying on the cross. You have sentenced many people to death, but this Jesus, it feels so different. I hope you're judged justly for the decision you've made. I washed my hands of his blood, hoping to absolve myself in his murder. I tried to appease the Jewish leaders and keep my political standings intact. But this decision, well, I feel that it will haunt me for the rest of my life.
<laughs> but they know not what they do. They don't know. They don't know. That bought my 
As the evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who was also a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate issued an order to release the body to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb which had been carved out of the rock. He then rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. The following day, on the first day of the Passover ceremonies, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him that Jesus claimed he would be raised from the dead after three days. So they requested that Pilate seal the tomb until the third day to prevent the disciples from stealing his body and telling everyone he came back to life. Pilate agreed and sent guards with them to seal the tomb and stand watch to protect it.
Thank you. 
tonight we've been telling stories we told stories from the Bible how God worked miracles in those lives <laughs> and he didn't just do it then he's doing it now you might be here tonight you might think my story is pretty sad and it might be. But let me tell you, there's a God who died and rose again. And he will help you take that story and write a happy ending to it. I can promise you that. He's doing it here in this church every week. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for salvation. Lord, I thank you that you're not like other gods and saviors. They put you in the grave and they just stay there and visit you for years and years and years. But Lord, you rose again. <laughs> you choose the humble and raise them high. You choose the weak and make them strong. Oh! 
where we needed rescued, delivered, healed. We've all been there, but the awesome thing about the message of Jesus, when you look at the, the tomb, the garden, the cross, when you look at all the elements that came together for this passion story tonight, then you begin to see the miracles one after the other from the Old and New Testament all the way to the present day. It says one simple thing. He said, come all ye who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Lord wants you to know he's got a message that says come. The world says you got to do and you got to be, but Jesus says come. He wants you to know that he paid the price. How many of you know salvation is not for sale? It's free. He said, ho, come all ye who are thirsty. Come and buy water and milk and bread. Buy your salvation, your deliverance. It's free. The Lord has got that message for every one of us tonight. When he went to the cross and he cried those last words, it is finished. How many of you know it was done right there? You and I have victory and deliverance and freedom right there. He wants us to know that the message is for us today. The messages still come. All throughout the Old and New Testament, every story, every place where he had a message for you and I, it was about making sure we understood that he is asking us to come. I'd like you to stand, if you would, for just a few moments tonight. You know, I was there when I got the phone call. I was in my office. Elaine calls me on the phone, and she says, Pastor, you weren't going to believe this. The doctor says, I'm completely cancer-free. Completely cancer-free. I remember at 6 o'clock in the morning, Isabella, when this beautiful couple texted me. They could, the miracle couldn't happen at 8. It had to happen at 6. No, I was excited. We had been praying and praying and praying. You see, they had come right down here. And they cried, and they looked at me, and the doctors had told them there was no hope, there was no chance, no children. And yet they had this burden in their hearts, they had this cry coming from deep inside them. They knew that they could trust God with this desire. I'll never forget when you looked me in the eye and you said, Pastor, we want the blessing in our home. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and at 6 a.m., this guy right here, Beto, texts me and says, we're pregnant it was awesome we were pregnant that moment and now not only did god bring this beautiful little child but they've got another one on the way when god does it he doesn't do it halfway and god wants to rewrite your story 
He wants to take the brokenness. He wants to take the label. Perhaps you've been abused. Perhaps you've lived a life and you feel like you're, you're broken. I'm telling you, the awesome thing about God is he doesn't leave you ever the way he found you. Found you. I've never known anyone who's ever come to Christ who's ever walked away and were disappointed. If you're here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed and every Christian saying a prayer, I would like to ask you probably the most important question you'll ever be asked in all of your life. Do you know him for yourself? Do you know him as your savior, your Lord tonight? Do you have him in your life as the savior, redeemer? Have you come to the knowledge of not a religion? I'm not asking you if you joined the church or if you paid your tithe. I'm asking you, do you have a relationship with Christ? It went by the well that afternoon. His disciples didn't understand, but the Bible says he must needs go by Samaria. He's come by this way tonight for you. Where you stand, I pray for the Spirit of God to be knocking on your heart's door. I can't save you. The choir can't save you. None of these actors can save you. But Jesus Christ did the work of redemption. He was both the purchaser and the price. He was the purchaser and the price. And he's come for you tonight. If you would accept Christ into your life, we're going to pray a prayer in just a few moments. A prayer that is just words if it doesn't come from your heart. If the Holy Spirit isn't inviting you, then we're wasting our time. But if you sense and feel Him knocking on your heart's door and you know you need to make a change, you've already disappointed so many folks in your life. You've disappointed your family, your wife, your husband, your children are afraid of you. You've lived a life of disgrace and shame. And you know you need rescued, you need a change. Tonight, that's what this is all about right now. That's why we turned the lights on. That's why we play the songs. That's why we've taken you back and shown you the stories of Christ because of this moment right here. If you're here and you need Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer. The prayer from your heart is powerful. It's going to change your life. If you would pray that prayer, over 25 prayed that prayer last night. Would you say, Pastor, Preacher? I'm going to pray with you tonight. I'm going to accept Christ into my life. Would you slip up your hand right where you are and right back down. Your seat becomes an altar. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, son. Any others? God bless you, sir. Christians are praying in the house. People are lifting their hands. Is there anyone else? I need to pray that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. These are everyone important tonight. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. I see you. I see your hand. I see your hand back there. God bless you. There's power in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone else as we wait just a few more moments? I need him. I need him, preacher. I need a change in my life. Who am I waiting on? Break every chain. Break every chain. Break All right. God bless you. We're going to pray a prayer right now as we do. I said this prayer in and of itself is just words. But if you say it from your heart, it'll change your whole life. 
I'd like all of us, if you would, to help me. Let's pray together and take them before the throne as one mass of mercy and grace. Let's do that right now. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know that you died on the cross for me. You purchased my salvation. You're the Son of God. When you died on the cross, you did rise again. And now I can be saved. I believe it in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. So according to your word, that means I'm born again. I'm saved. Be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And if you, if you prayed that prayer with us tonight, perhaps you lifted your hand or maybe you didn't. There's a card in front of you in the pew where you are. It's a little card from our Crosswalk Ministry. We want to help you. We've got a free Bible for you. We want to hand you as you walk out the door today. We want you to just fill that out quickly. And if you can, fill that out and take it by. There's going to be someone standing at the back doors as you exit the sanctuary tonight. They have, it. they have these yellow lanyards around them, and they're there to hand you a Bible, to take your card so that we can contact you. We want to help you in your walk. We don't want you to just pray a prayer and walk out the door and no one ever make any kind of contact with you to try to help you grow in your new relationship. We want to help you tonight. So if you'll let us, we want to connect with you. We want you to be strong. We want you to be able to make it across that finish line like so many of these people are testifying of tonight. Amen. Have you enjoyed this presentation this evening? He looked beyond my faults. We don't want to take a lot of time. I do want to thank all of the cast and all of the singers and all of the folks, our minister of music, Gary and Kathy Turner. Would you help me one time to thank all of them, plus our video and our audio folks, all of these people. Thank you so much. And let me say this, if you don't have a home church, then we invite you to be with us tomorrow morning right here. We have two services tomorrow. One is at 9 o'clock, and it is a resurrection Easter service. They'll be preaching. They'll be singing. It's a little bit of the drama from the presentation, and that will be our Easter resurrection service. And then at 11 o'clock, we'll be presenting. He looked beyond my faults one more time. So you're welcome to come back to one or the other or both. But we would love to have you. And if you have a home church, then we encourage you, make sure on Resurrection Sunday, you are in the house of God. Amen? Let's honor him. Let's stand up for him. He stood up for you. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for coming.